This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, January 6th, brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning, I'm Jeff Downley. Here's today's state lines. New trial date considered in poultry price-fixing case. USTR supports Lithuania over China. RMA details new risk management tool. The Department of Justice and poultry defendants spar over new trial date. The Justice Department and lawyers for 10 current and former poultry executives are at odds over when a new trial should be held on charges of price-fixing and bid-rigging in the industry. A jury in the federal criminal case in Colorado could not reach a verdict last month after the conclusion of a multi-week trial. After scouring the evidence, we still have firm convictions on both sides of the debate, jurors told U.S. District Judge Philip Bremer in a note. We do not believe we can reach consensus on any of the ten defendants. Department of Justice wants to start the trial February 22nd, but the defendants want to delay until March 22nd. Defendants include Jason Penn, a former CEO of Pilgrim's Pride, and Bill Lovett, Pilgrim's former president and CEO. USTR backs Lithuania in China spat. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai yesterday vowed to support Lithuania in its spat with China. Tai called out China's economic coercion against the Baltic nation. That after meeting with Lithuanian Foreign Minister Gabrielis Landsbergis. The two trade leaders noted that the United States and the EU as democratic market economies share a number of core values and principles that need to defend internationally. That according to a statement issued by the office of the USTR. The Chinese animosity towards Lithuania is reportedly a response to the country recognizing Taiwan as Taiwan and not as Chinese Taipei. The U.S. ag sector remains hopeful that the U.S. and China will sit down for trade talks this year after China's commitments to purchase U.S. farm commodities under the Phase 1 trade deal expired December 31st. Wheeler picked to head Virginia environmental agencies. Former EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler has a new job. Virginia Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin has chosen Wheeler to be his next Secretary of Natural Resources, advising the governor and overseeing five different agencies. Youngkin also said Michael Rollbrand, a longtime wetlands consultant and scientist, would be his Director of Environmental Quality serving under Wheeler. Rollbrand set up the state's first wetland mitigation bank in 1991. Wheeler became the EPA Administrator in 2019 after Scott Pruitt departed under an ethical cloud. He also has been Chief Counsel at the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee and an energy lobbyist. During the Trump administration, Wheeler led the effort to come up with the Navigable Waters Protection Rule, which was largely supported by the ag community. EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers are now working on a replacement for the NWPR, which was invalidated by a federal court. By the way, Wheeler isn't the only Trump administration veteran in Yunkin's cabinet. Former Natural Resources Conservation Service Chief Matt Lohr was picked as the state's next Ag Secretary that on Tuesday. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak 
after this. Dairy Management Incorporated serves America's 34,000-plus dairy farmers and dairy importers by managing research and marketing programs aimed at promoting dairy consumption and protecting the good image of dairy farmers, dairy products, and the dairy industry. Funded entirely by dairy farmers, DMI has distinguished itself as a strategic consultant and valuable resource to businesses and organizations in the food and beverage sector that seek to increase sales and raise their image through the innovative use of dairy and dairy ingredients. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. RMA offers coverage of split applications of nitrogen for some corn farmers. Farmers of non-irrigated corn in 11 states who split apply nitrogen have another option for insurance coverage. USDA's Risk Management Agency announced on yesterday RMA released details of its post-application coverage endorsement, or PACE, which will pay for projected yield loss when producers are unable to apply the post-nitrogen application during the V3 to V10 corn growth stage due to field conditions created by weather, the agency said. PACE is being offered in select counties in Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. Split application, quote, can lead to lower input costs and helps prevent runoff and searching of nutrients into waterways and groundwater, according to RMA. PACE is an important addition to the risk management toolbox for corn growers, National Corn Growers Association President Chris Edgington said. Soybean Checkoff announces strategic plan. The Soybean Checkoff program is emphasizing sustainability in its latest strategic plan. The United Soybean Board released the five-year plan yesterday to guide checkoff investments in research, education, and promotion across three priority areas, infrastructure and connectivity, health and nutrition, and innovation and technology. Among the priorities, according to the plan, produce and expand opportunities for use based on market need from feed and food to industrial products. USB said its work in the health and nutrition priority area, quote, will improve both plant and soil health, preserving the environment and animal and human health, delivering a more nutritious soybean to U.S. soy customers. USB's farmer members approved 181 new checkoff-funded projects totaling $78 million in July. China demand rising for craft beer imports. Chinese beer imports have been dropping since 2019. The trend intensified during the pandemic, but market watchers say the exception is American beer, especially craft brews. The U.S. has relatively small market share of China's import market, but it's been growing over the past three years. That according to a new analysis by USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Craft beer is growing steadily in popularity and consumers are ready to try new brands, whether at beer festivals, beer bars, or at home, says FAS office in Beijing. Though only accounting for 1.9% of imported beer market share in China, U.S. beer has enjoyed a strong and growing reputation in China. From January to October 21, 
China imported $11.26 million of U.S. beer, up 5.6% compared to the same period in 2020. When it comes to craft beer, FAS said Chinese demand will grow exponentially over the next few decades, showing a change in consumer preference toward new flavors and varieties. The Chinese government currently levies a 25% retaliatory tariff on U.S. beer, a result of the Trump-era trade war, but Beijing has been exempting importers. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, January 6th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.